Welcome to Light Hearts in a Dark World. This is your host, Carmageddon of social media. And I am here with a brand new batch of gripes. If the pandemic weren't a hoax, would we still be arguing about whether or not it's a hoax? Eight months later. It's fucking October, people. As I as I record this, my kids are in the other room trying to decide what they're going to wear for Halloween. A time-honored tradition that I grew up with in America. Where my parents let me dress up in dark clothing and run around strange neighborhoods in the dark, knocking on the doors of perfect strangers, begging for handouts of candy. It's already hard to breathe. Y'all already get sweaty from exhaling into your own mask on Halloween night. But my kids are in the other room trying to decide what they're going to wear. And since no one's going to be giving out candy this year, we're going to be throwing candy at houses instead. Trick, bitch! I'm not a big fan of Jeff Bezos. I don't even know the guy. Does he have a lot of money? Sure, okay. Apparently it's only going to cost a couple billion every year to end world hunger. And they're like, make Jeff Bezos do it because he's got all this money. Did you guys know that in the United States, to date, granted, it's only October, and we've had all the COVID stuff happening, but this year, in the United States, $6 billion, $6 billion US was spent on political advertising. So... All of you little dumb fucks out there who want to rock the vote and are spending all of your energy trying to convince other people to hit the polls and vote for your candidate are not only providing free advertisement for your select candidate, But those candidates are also spending their own money to the tune of $6 billion to get your attention. And you're not changing anyone's mind. You know that shit about people changing political parties? Because the political party isn't what it used to be? That's bullshit. Republicans and Democrats have their own views on things, and that's how they want li life to be lived. 
you were told all through school that you had to pass the classes so you could get a degree, right? Because employers like people with degrees. You had to get a higher education so you knew what you wanted to do with your life, so you could specialize and you could get a career if you wanted one. They did talk about entrepreneurship, but it was a very small discussion. It wasn't really emphasized. There was no class called Entrepreneurial Ventures 101, or there was no freshman entrepreneurship in high school. And really the reason for that is we don't need entrepreneurs. We need central planning so that everybody's safe, doing the right things, working towards the same goals. A united front, all following the same mission platform, the same vision, all in alignment, all under the rule of law. Or let's ignore all that. Let's say it's a really good idea to get a higher education. What are you going to do with it? Having a higher education does not make you more profitable to just yourself. You have to go advertise that skill set to someone with even more money than you. They can afford to pay you while paying themselves. Do you understand that part? You're getting a degree. You're paying someone in advance, by the way. It's credit. Most of you got a degree or are getting a degree, thinking about getting a degree. I don't know anyone who's thinking about going to school anymore. Just kids in school. That's your decision, parents. But I don't know anybody these days that's getting a degree and then immediately going into business for themselves. That can't be happening very often. And if it was, it's done. If you don't have government contracts, you're not going nowhere. These fuckers don't even care about the Constitution. They're giving out mandates like it's law. Yet Inslee can decree that we all have to stay inside and everyone expects that's what we're going to do. It has somehow become science. A lot of you are enraptured by these high-tech laboratories they have secreted about the nation. Do you know where any of them are? I know they exist. How many do you think there are? This is a very small group of people that are in control of your lives. And they have you very convinced that they can make better decisions for you than you can. When you were in school, what did they tell you? You have to graduate because people like to hire people with degrees. From the get-go, you have been programmed to accept that you will be hired by somebody. <laughs> Tell me different, man. What are the other options? You become a doctor? What'd they say about that? Only the passionate need apply. 8 to 12 years of school. Huge debt. We don't need to go there. Everybody knows that's a scam. Healthcare. Oh my goodness. What a pyramid. Oh boy. An academic gatekeeper.
Well, anyway, so you've been conditioned to think that you have to be hired by somebody. You know, an underlying narrative there, an underlying support concept is that you can't do it on your own. You have to have society. Now, while I'm not a homesteader, and I want to be one, I'm an, I'm an aspiring homesteader, I'll be the first one to tell you it's daunting AF to live and die by your own efforts in an area that sees a winter with no growing, even if it's short. It's intimidating. It's why people don't want to do it. That's why they want to go back to Pharaoh. Everyone's running around trying to tell you who to vote for. Are you a delegate in the Electoral College? That's the only vote that matters on the national scale. On a local scale, your vote matters. You should vote on a local scale. If you believe in voting, vote on a local scale. Get involved in your local politics. Create changes in your communities. That's going to be hard to do already. I live in a community of 14,000 people. It's pretty small. It's got a huge Facebook following. Like, I believe the Facebook following is larger than the actual city's population, which means a lot of people who have moved out still follow it. And there's some other economic factors going on, some socioeconomic factors that are an interesting cross-section of humanity. And I enjoy speculating. But that Facebook page is a mess. People have all sorts of different opinions. A coworker today told me that Dave Chappelle just did an interview with David Letterman. Letterman asked him what he thought about the whole BLM stuff, the riots and things, and or the George Floyd, um, whatever the fuck that was. And Chappelle said something to the effect of that was one man killing another man. And that's what we should be doing about it and looking at and it's turned into something else. And then he mentioned that he can say whatever he wants on a stage, give a great sermon. The people in the audience are going to hear what they want to hear. Amen, brother. That's what you're up against as an individual. Think about who you are, how stubborn you can be, all the things you know you like to do, plus all the good shit you do. Think about what a good person you are in your heart and in your intent. And forget about the little petty shit that you do that's stupid, and if you had to admit it out loud, you'd be embarrassed. Forget about the tuna salad sandwich that you stole from the office fridge. Forget about the parking spot that you didn't pay for. That's a joke. Give yourself some credit, dude. You're a good person. You don't actually want to go out and hurt other people. And if you do, I want you to think really hard about where that's coming from because I believe you're just scared and or really hurt yourself. And I understand you. 
for everyone else, though, you're probably a good person. And there are a lot of you out there. And if you would just remember that while you learn how to protect yourself from those who forget that they're good people or who are downright not good people, and you identify yourself to those closest to you in proximity who feel the same, that's the best you can do to prevent interruptions in your daily life. Because if you all know each other and you know how you feel because you're talking about it, you don't have each other to fear anymore. And one of the things that I'm concerned about is that in this world of social media that we live in, where people are easily represented by ones and zeros and avatars, global reach, big red X buttons, that we have experienced a tremendous lack of accountability for our, our own actions. As libertarians and as anarchists, we're often proselytizing the importance of free speech. The truth is, all speech is free. Because you're born with that right and ability to communicate your ideas as part of what makes you a human, it's one of the really awful side effects of vaccine-induced autism, the inability to communicate. That's a soul killer, man. All speech is free. The written word, the verbal, those are yours to learn how to do from your parents and peers, complete strangers and friends. Language wasn't inherited originally or if it was, it has evolved. Certainly, we have dead languages that are known to us. Like that one. Ancient Egyptian right there. The thing is, no one can take it away from you. They can't. What they can do is ask you to be quiet. What they can do is they can retaliate with physical violence. I mean, if they retaliate with more written word, more speech, what is that? It's an argument. That's a shouting match. Is that conducive? It depends. Sometimes people just need to express their passion. And it's okay to do that in your speech. I'm doing it now. I don't give a fuck if I get reported for the words that I use. And I don't care if an F word offends my Christian brothers and sisters. Because they're just words, man. And your words really should come out parallel to the intent in your brain and the feelings in your heart. And once in a while, they don't. Language is complex. And complicated. 
It requires accuracy and precision. But it's free. And you can be punished for it. Directly and indirectly. So, I might start by asking you where you draw the line. Why do you shut up? Why do you avoid speaking? Is it because you're afraid of retaliation? Because groupthink carries a strong weight. It's frightening. We've seen what mobs do. We don't want to be the target of that mob. There aren't that many people who feel confident enough to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with just any person on the street, fisticuffs. There aren't that many people out there, and if they are, but well, there aren't. And I bet half of them are uh, overestimating themselves. I'm not a fighter, but I have this gut feeling that that's the case, given what happens when you give young people too much alcohol. People don't want to fight. Not really. And when you threaten them with force, they tend to shut up. Unless you take away that accountability. What am I actually saying? I'm saying an armed society is a polite society. And we're going to have to put on our thinking caps for this one. I'm sorry, but it is how I operate. So here's the deal. If you are reliant upon the people in your community that are in close proximity to you, limited by your ability to travel and trade with them, then it behooves you to befriend them and earn trust. Because if they distrust you and refuse to trade, you could starve and die. When Big Brother steps in and takes that out of the way by providing across-the-board support for all people regardless of their actions and relationships, that community begins to falter, break down, wane, die. Add social media to the mix. You now have a virtual connectedness to people all over the globe who can satiate your mental desire for stimulation and do almost nothing to help feed your babies. You still have to go to your local community to get that done because you can't travel to China at 5 p.m. to grab a can of formula, which is cheaper in China. I don't recommend anyone do that, by the way. Even if you're living in China, stay off the formula. It's poison. There's a lot of estrogen in soy. You shouldn't be giving hormones to people that aren't fully developed. I don't have an easy answer for that. Lactation's tough for some people. But there are methods. So you can't fly across to another country and get a meal for less money. 
but you can bitch about it on social media. You can reminisce with friends about what times were like in the yesteryear when you could buy a taco for 59 cents at Taco Bell. You can talk about how in 1990-whatever, gas was under a dollar per gallon. But you're going to drive down to the pump. And you're going to pay $3 a gallon. Because that's where you get your gas. And you don't have any control over that because you abdicated the control when you gave away your rights to speak out to a representative who would make laws for you and everyone else in your community. And it was their decision to raise the taxes at the fuel pumps because you're using the roads. You know roads. You know my roads. My roads. My roads are made out of asphalt. Asphalt is like rocks mixed up with tar. You know, it's like goopy gravel. It's like, um, yeah, it's like it's like Play-Doh. And then you leave it out in the sun and it bakes and it gets hard, right? There's a lot more to road building than that, obviously. I'm, but in broad brushstrokes, we're just crushing up rocks and then like painting them onto the ground. And they're nice and smooth and level and stuff. And then we paint them with lines and people drive just fine on them. So what causes the wear and tear on these roads? Generally speaking, is the traffic. So you'd think it makes sense that you would just charge the people who are using the roads. And if it were up to you and you just kept your own voice you would say that out loud and everyone else would say, yeah, 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 okay. We'll just pay for the ones we use and all the roads would be toll roads. But you wouldn't be paying like $5 to go to, a, to take a trip to Walmart because the people maintaining the roads know better than that. They want you to use them because that's their business. Or the business itself pays for the road and they're not going to charge you anything because they want you at their store, right? We've all, we've all talked about this before. It's nothing new. My point is, you don't have a decision because you gave it away. And people are telling you the exact opposite. In fact, they're saying, if you want to change it, vote. Man, what a fleecing. You want to change it, vote? What are you voting for? You know what a vote is? A vote is recognizing that someone's getting fucked. That's what it is. The nature of a vote is saying, hey, guys, we have to decide where our limited resources are going to be going to be spent because we can't spend them everywhere equally. That's what that is. You get that, right? You want to do that harder? You want to vote harder? You want to give away more even harder cuz that's what you're talking about. Every time you vote on a new regulation, you're like causing a new data set for someone to memorize. You don't even have to be aware of a law to be subject to it. Did you know that? Yeah. You know, have you ever heard that idea that the average person break create blah, 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 the average person in America breaks like three laws a day or something like that? Whatever. 
I mean, statistically speaking, that means a lot of us are breaking a tremendous amount of laws every day, whether we know it or not. And I don't know how you want to dice that one up. If I was unknowingly breaking one law a month, I'd be annoyed. And it sounds like I probably am. And so are you. And why is that? Because the lexicon of rules is fucking tremendous. It's huge. As someone pointed out earlier, the rules government has for us is real big. But the rules we had for government was like one sheet of paper. And it started out, we the people. Carmageddon of social something or other, but usually I can say my own name correctly. Let's start over. Good evening and welcome to <clears throat> starting over. Welcome to Light Hearts in a Dark World. This is your effervescent host, Carmageddon of social media. Back to state the obvious. It's 420, fam. <laughs> I'm so tired now. How come you're tired? I smoked too much herb. <laughs> oh, that'll do it. This is bedtime herb. I don't, I just was going with you. I forget, you forget. Yeah, but also, I can't the, function. The thing that I like about the idea of podcasting with you at night is that we can just say fuck it and go to bed it doesn't matter like we can totally do our own thing by our own schedule and it doesn't ever have to conform to anything ever if we don't want to it's great i mean it's nice to have structure too don't get me wrong i'm yeah. just saying it's nice to have the flexibility i guess wow yeah. i really i really took the longest route on that one thank you you do that yeah why do i do that <laughs> Here at Light Hearts in a Dark World, I do try to keep things kind of fun also. So, thank you for bearing with me. Here at the end, I like to tuck in some Easter egg stuff and some last minute notes. Sort of some things for you to look forward to in the future and stuff that you can go out and look out for on the internet. Because I have a variety of platforms 
and experiments going on all the time. So something I wanted to point out to you is recently I found proof in print of Berenstein Bears spelled with an E. And if that means anything to you, you can head on over to my BitChute channel and check out a pretty short video where I show you exactly where to find it and what it looks like. So head on over to Carmageddon of BitChute at BitChute.com and follow me there. Also, you can check the show notes at anchor.fm forward slash Carmageddon5 and I'll have links to all that info. Take it easy.